Good word, isn't it? That God is faithful. I'm thankful for that today. You can be seated. Part of God's faithfulness in my life has been you. I want you to know I was uh, not here last week. Thank you, Holly. Great job last week. And uh, I just want you to know I was reminded this past week of part of the goodness of God in my life is you. And I'm just so thankful. I love you guys. I love you very much. I'm so thankful. What an honor for me to be able to come in here and to preach. I don't take lightly what we are together. And I'm thankful for each one of you. I don't care if you're 15 or 55. It doesn't matter. I'm just so thankful for us to be together. And I know that when we do come together, that everybody here has a different story and you're in different places. And so for what we're going to do today, I know that uh, because everybody has a different place and a different story, that uh, you may come here full of joy, a lot of blessings. So many of us know what that is. And at the same time, there are many of you who are maybe have been jolted by bad news or uh, hardship or a trial or hurting or pain of some kind. And so I wanna talk to you about um, how to live with peace in a stressful world because there's so many things that bring stress in our life. Um, some of the top things are, are these things. First of all, losing someone you love is very stressful, as well as other things like divorce, and some of you might have a, that as a part of your story, or uh, I don't know if you know this or not, but about 10,000 Americans every day are turning 65. And so aging parents and taking care of aging parents is very stressful, very, very stressful. Also, other things like getting a new job, getting married, some of those are in the top five. Uh, Losing a relationship, all those things can cause a lot of stress. And you might say, well, what does stress do? Well, stress causes depression. It also brings up not only great anxiety, but also agitation. It makes us a little bit more agitated. There's a moodiness and an irritability that happens when we're all stressed out. When we're stressed out, there can also be loneliness and isolation because you wanna be alone with your thoughts. And there's other mental and uh, emotional health problems that come with stress. And so I wanna talk to you today about finding peace in a stressful world. So if you have your Bible, turn to Philippians Chapter four, I'm gonna start reading in verse six. And Paul is writing to the church at Philippi. And it's a small, glorious Roman uh, enclave that's just very much sort of quintessentially successful and looked to. And Paul writes to the church at Philippi to thank them for all their generosity to him. And he's this, what we're gonna read in verse six, he says this. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, 
whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You have indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound. And in any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Now, I want you to look at verse seven as we were reading. And he says, if you do these things, you will experience God's peace. And I wanna talk to you today about finding God's peace in a very stressful world, no matter what your chapter or phase of life or what's going on in your life. And if anybody in this whole room needs this sermon, it's me. And we'll get into that in just a minute. But I want you to know that God want, has some direct, clear direction for us in a stressful world. The first one is a blanket statement. It is one of those, wow, he just said, and it covered everything. And that is, he says, don't worry. Refuse to worry about anything. Don't worry about anything. He says, never worry about anything, right there in the verse six. That's a blanket statement, isn't it? Because you might be here today, you go, well, Johnny, I got teenage kids. Don't worry about anything. Well, Johnny, my marriage is in trouble and I'm having trouble. Or don't worry about anything. Johnny, my grandkids are, don't worry about anything. You might think, well, my job, don't worry about anything. Don't worry about anything. It's worry doesn't do much for us. And Jesus spoke to this in Matthew chapter six in his great sermon on the Mount. And he talked to us about worry. And what did he teach us about worry? What did Jesus want us to know about worry? Well, the first thing he said in the Sermon on the Mount is, do not wor worry, <clears throat> worry is not reasonable. It's not reasonable. Uh, he said in verse 25 in chapter six of Matthew in the Sermon on the Mount, he said, don't worry about your life, what you'll eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? You see, worrying is just not reasonable. It doesn't help. Now, this is what's for me today. In fact, Sherry, I, I probably should have done one of those things where I sat down and Sherry came up and gave me this sermon because she knows I need this. Because so many times I reason in my own mind and say, well, I'm just, I'll say, well, I'm really worried about something. She'll say, uh, worry? You worried? Then I'll switch, I switch my language and say, you know, I'm really concerned about this. 
Worry's not reasonable though. And even at my age, I'm learning, it's just not reasonable. You might say, why? Well, here's the first thing. Uh, it exaggerates the problem. The more you feed it, it's like a greenhouse. The more you think about it, the more you worry about it, the bigger the thing gets. And it, you can, your mind can just get away from you. It's like, it's like miracle grow. The more you worry, the bigger the problem just gets. It's a big old weed. It just gets bigger and bigger in your life and exaggerates whatever the issue is. Here's the second thing. Worry doesn't work. It just doesn't work. It doesn't really help. It doesn't help us in any way. Here's the second thing. Worry is not natural. In fact, Jesus does a zoology, I think that's the way, the, the zoology or the, a biology lesson here by saying, look at the animals. Look at birds. Think about birds, the way they fly around and everything. He said in verse 26 of his Sermon on the Mount, chapter 6, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are, not, are you not more valuable than they? See, worry is not natural. It's not natural. He goes on, he says, and why worry about your clothes? Look at the fields, look at the field lilies. They don't worry about theirs, yet King Solomon in all his glory could never clothe himself as beautiful as they do. You see, worry is, is not natural for us. In fact, I want to tell you, for many people who struggle and worry overtakes them, I heard a psychiatrist one time say, if I could get rid of three things, I could empty out many people from the, the, the prison that happens in, in, when anxiety and when worry. And that's three things are this, resentment, guilt, and worry. Those three things really lock us up. So many times, guilt, resentment, and worry. Worry, it's just not natural for us human beings. We find this in Proverbs chapter 12, verse 25. Anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, but a good word makes him glad. Also in chapter 14, verse 30, a tranquil heart gives life to the flesh. It's good for our bodies to be tranquil or at peace but envy makes the bones rot. Worry's not natural. It's also worry is not helpful. Worry doesn't change the past, doesn't do anything to change the past, and it doesn't do anything to help you in the future. Worry, he says in verse 27 in chapter six, Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount, he says, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? I mean, is worry going to help you? Is it going to actually help you? No. And worry is not necessary. Look at verse 30 in chapter 6. If God cares so wonderfully for flowers that are here today and gone tomorrow, won't he more surely care for you, O oh, you of little faith? You see, I'm learning that happiness is a choice. Sherry and I took a, a group of folks a couple years ago through a book called Choose Joy. 
I'm realizing that, by the way, the book of Philippians, really the key is joy. I'm learning the older I get that having joy is a choice for me. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, unload all your worries on God since he is looking after you. Worry. Paul makes a blanket statement. Don't worry about anything. And then he says, second, pray about everything. Everything. Talk to God about everything. Don't hold anything back. Nothing too big, nothing too small. Talk to God. He says, never worry about anything. Instead, in every situation, let God know what you need. Don't panic. Pray. Don't worry. Worship. Turn to God. And here's what I'm learning. If it's not worth praying for, it's not worth worrying for. And I am learning that over and over, that if I'm going to spend my time worrying, I need, I need to understand that when I worry and I'm to my own thoughts, I heard a man one time, a long time ago say, that's worry is misguided prayer. In fact, worry is practical atheism because for an atheist, they would say, there is no God. There is no God that listens to you. He doesn't care. Nobody created the world. There's no big God someplace. There's no creator. There's no God here. We're on our own. Isn't that what worry does? It doesn't acknowledge God. It doesn't acknowledge that there is a God who created us, who cares for us. And so we're to pray about everything. We're supposed to worry less and pray more. So not just pray more, but ask more. Today, I wanna encourage you. Uh, James chapter four, verse two, the last part of that verse says, you do not have because you do not ask. Now I wanna encourage you today to turn to the Lord in all of the different things that happen in your life. Turn to the Lord. Pray and talk to God about everything. Look at cha uh, chapter eight in Romans where we read this. Since God did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he who gave us Christ also give us everything else we need. Now I'm telling you, you might wanna write that down and memorize that. That's good stuff right there. You know what your biggest problem is? Your biggest problem is, how are you gonna get into heaven? That's your biggest problem. Every person here. Every person here, your biggest problem is, how in the world are you gonna get into heaven? Well, because of Jesus, and because of what God has done through Jesus, and Jesus gave his life on the cross, who was raised again. And since God did not spare even his own son so that you would have eternal life, and he gave him up for all of us, he took care of your biggest problem. And what we read here is that he gave us Christ. Everything else is chump change. Compared to this, God took care of it. 
So I want to encourage you, turn to him. He will take care of you. Here's the third thing we read right here in Philippians in verse six, when he says, when you ask God what you need or pray, also thank him for all he's done. Thank God. Be thankful. Talk, talk to God about everything and also thank God in all things. Now, I just wanna say, I didn't say thank God for all things. There are some things in my life that are a part of the fall that I don't like, I'm tired of. I get sick of diabetes. I get sick of hearing about different things around me. I, I can't stand the word cancer and dementia and the things that I keep bumping up into in my life and in my friend's life and my family's life. But I wanna tell you, I still need to be thankful. Thank God in all things, not for everything, but in all things. I want you to know, I wanna show you a picture of something back home. This is, this is uh, about a mile away from my house on Pine Street. Pine Street's right there on the right, all right? And this is the, there's, at this point in Canova, where I come from, there's five railroad tracks. And so Amtrak and all these that, you know, they come through right in my front yard. What it was about, um, about 30 yards from my house was these. And actually when I was growing up, there were nine railroad tracks because we had a tie yard right in front of my house. And then we had a, a lumber yard across the way in Park Circle. And these, these five tracks, the NNW, and then there's two CNO, and then there's a couple more NNWs. And we would go on Sunday afternoon, we'd walk. And you're not supposed to do that, but we did. We were train buffs. I grew up model railroading. That's what we, we did that until I was about 12 years old. So train tracks were a big deal to me. And we used to walk down to this bridge where this is taken. We'd climb up there and we'd look. And there's two train tracks that go over to, two of these tracks go to Kentucky. They're right over there. That hill over there, is, that's Kentucky. And then Ohio is where the other ones were. And one thing when you look at that, you see the uniform quality of a train track. A train track is four foot, eight and a half inches everywhere in America. No matter where you are, that's the uniform. And they go, needless to say, when you walk along the tracks, you realize, you know, you just, you realize how uniform everything and precise things are. It has to stay that way. Well, you know what? That's the way life is too. I'm finding that in life. That many times in life, God will show me so many good things. I have so many things to be thankful for. There are blessings and there are good things that are happening. And man, right next to it, side by side, as long as you can see, there are also part of the fall, negative things, hard things, trials, failures, all those things. And they run side by side. I know I've said this before, but these last 10 years have been the greatest of my life. They have been really incredible. I never thought that God would do so many things around me. And what a blessing in all the things that have happened in my life. These last 10 years have been the hardest 10 years of my life. There have been trials that I never predicted and things that are just so incredibly difficult that I never saw coming. 
And there's days where I'm like, oh, I wasn't ready to be a grown up. That's the way life is. So I'm supposed to be thankful because the tracks go side by side. The good things and the bad things. They're side by side. And so I'm supposed to be thankful in all things. First Thessalonians 5.18. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Happy people are grateful people. I've seen that. Here's the fourth thing that we see in Philippians right here. And that leads to how we think. Uh, the book of Philippians has two words over and over. I know rejoice and joy, that's a lot, there's a lot in there, I know. But there's two other words that you ought to pay attention to when you're reading Philippians, and that is remembering and thinking. Those two words are in there a lot. Think about that, remembering and thinking. So if I wanna have joy in my life and if I wanna have peace in my life, I need that whole time of remembering and thinking. In fact, the four chapters of Philippians are about the mind. The first chapter is about having single-mindedness, your mind. The second chapter is about having a submissive mind to the things of God. The third chapter is about having a spiritual mind. And the fourth chapter, which we're in, is about having a secure mind, being grounded on the Lord. And look what he says in verse eight. Fill your minds with eight things. Okay, you got it? Eight things you need to have your mind on. Here they are. Whatever's true, good, right is the third thing. Think about things that are pure and beautiful and respected or respectable. If anything is the seventh thing is excellent. And if anything is the eighth thing is worthy of honor. Think about these things. So many times we are worried about water, especially what's happened in different communities all over our country. That is the thought of having lead or other things, pollutions in our water would really concern us. Or air pollution. We go to certain, I remember I went to Reynosa, Mexico years ago with a youth group and it was just huge haze all day long because there were multiple dozens of factories and the air quality, and everybody was concerned about the air quality. I remember several years ago, there were people in, in this community before SDI opened, there were people who protested the opening of SDI because they were concerned about the air quality. And so they put signs out saying, hey, we want clean air. We all get concerned about things like that. But how many of us would sit down with our phone or in front of a TV and sit and watch mindlessly hours of things that are worse than having bad water or bad air. They're gonna have horrible repercussions on us. How many times do we just sit and look at things that, that TV that have lewd or negative, or it's almost like, especially like things like Instagram or a lot of Netflix, they just are reality stuff and it's just nothing but poor judgment. And we just kind of giggle over that stuff. And the truth is it's polluting us. It's polluting our minds. Garbage in, garbage out. It's polluting us. 
Proverbs 14, verse 9 says this, fools make a mock at sin. We are foolish if we think we're going to sit here and just have a steady diet of that stuff and it's not going to impact us. You have to be careful. You have to think about the right things. That's why Paul says this. Corey Timboon, who was a survivor of Nazi concentration camp, said this. She said, I look at the world and I get distressed. I looked at myself and I get depressed. I look to God and I am at rest. The truth is if we'll keep our mind on good things, then we'll have less stress and we'll have more peace. Which leads me to the last thing and that is to be content. Be content with anything. Do you see what he writes there? He starts out right there in verse 11. And he says, I have learned to be content whatever the circumstance. Circle and underline the first three words. I have learned. You see, I learned, maybe you learned from your family to worry. But maybe nobody taught you to pray. Maybe nobody taught you how to not just always be looking to yourself. I wanna encourage you today to be content in all things, learn it. I know how to live on almost nothing or everything. Paul says, I have been in poverty and I have been in luxury and I have learned how to be content. I have learned the secret of contentment in every situation, whether I'm well-fed or hungry. When I have nothing or I, ha I, have, I have more than I need or when I don't have enough. And here's what contentment is. Contentment is, is that I'm not waiting for something else to happen in order for me to be happy. If you're always waiting for the next thing, oh, you know what, I'll just be happy, but I'm not gonna be happy until school's out. You know what, then you live to the next thing. Oh, I'm not gonna be happy until we go on vacation and then vacation's over. Oh, I'm not gonna be, and we just live from one thing to another. You know what? Paul says, I have had nothing, I've had poverty, and I've, had, I've lived in abundance, and I've learned to be content in all things. Ecclesiastes chapter four, verse six, it's better to only have a little with peace of mind than to be busy all the time with both hands trying to catch the wind. You know what, we in America, we are a bunch of wind catchers. We're always looking for that next thing. It's better to have peace of mind and be content. You might say, Johnny, how do you do that? I wanna tell you a couple of things if you wanna learn how to be content. First is this, stop comparing. Stop comparing. It is not wise to compare. That goes both ways, by the way. So many people will look at other people that have more or seem to be happier than we are. And they think, oh, if I could just be like them and compare yourself and go, I should be farther along like they are. That, low, that, that leads to discouragement. And sometimes we compare to people that might not have as much as us or they're going through a hard time. Oh boy, at least I'm not like them. That leads to pride. Learn how to be content in all things. And here's the other thing. 
If you want to be content, stop thinking that having more will make me happy. If I just had more, I'd be happy. I just want to encourage you that your net worth is not your self-worth. Because here in America, we buy things we can't afford with money we don't have to impress people we don't even like. So I want to encourage you. Now, some of you are like, this isn't, this is easier said than done. I mean, don't worry, pray, keep your mind on the right things. You know, all these things seem easier said than done. Be thankful in all things, learn how to be content. This is really hard, Johnny. It's easier said than done. Like, you didn't really, I don't know if I learned anything I didn't know before. It's really hard. That's where verse 13 comes in. I can't do these things. Well, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I've told you guys about a guy named Alex Gue who played basketball for the Chesapeake Panthers in Chesapeake, Ohio. He was a kid many, many years ago. He would go up to the foul line every time he, every time he shot a foul shot. He's the president of Huddle Inc. in Atlanta, Georgia now, by the way. But he used to dribble, and he used to dribble an enormous amount of times. And we went to Alex, and I'm like, Alex, holy cow, aren't you afraid you're going to dribble that off your foot or something? I mean, you just sit there and dribble. He said, Johnny, I do it 10 times. When I go up to the foul line, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And then I shoot. I want to encourage you today to be reminded that when Christ gives me strength, I don't have to worry. I can talk to God about everything. When Christ gives me strength, I can be thankful in whatever I'm walking through. When Christ gives me strength, I can keep my mind on good things. I don't have to be a prisoner of my own mind to think only about the bad stuff. When Christ gives me strength, I can be content with what God is doing in me right now. Job chapter 22, verse 21, obey God and be at peace with him. This is the way to happiness. So my prayer for you today comes from Romans chapter 15, verse 33. It's a very short phrase. May the God of peace be with you all. Amen. Now I wanna pray with you right now. I'd like for you to bow your head as we close here today. And I'd like for you to pray this prayer with me as I pray it. And I'm gonna lead us in a prayer, but I want it to be personal from you. So I want you to agree with this prayer and pray this prayer for yourself today. Heavenly Father, thank you for teaching me. I need to learn. Lord, I don't wanna be stressed out. I don't wanna live a life that's always full of anxiety. Lord, help me not to worry. Lord, I wanna turn to you. Teach me how to do that. Lord, forgive me for being ungrateful. Thank you, Lord, for all that you've given me. Thank you for what you give me spiritually and the blessings of my life. Lord, teach me how to pray and teach me how to be thankful. Lord, 
Help me to be a thankful person. God, I ask you to keep my mind on good things, Lord. Help me, Lord, to make wise choices in small moments. Lord, help me to keep my mind on good things. And Lord, I pray that moving forward, even today, teach me contentment in what I'm going through. Lord, help me to be content with you. Father, what is impossible with me is possible with you because you can do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine. So Lord, help us today. Teach us your ways. Help us to trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. I pray as, as you leave here today that you'll be encouraged. If there's something going on in your life and you'd like to pray with somebody about it, there'll be folks right over here at the cross after the service. If there's a burden you're carrying, you'd like for somebody else to agree with you in prayer and you'd like to turn to God today in prayer, I would invite you after the service, there'll be folks right over here at the cross who would love to pray with you and agree with you about what you're walking through. And I pray this week, no matter what, whether school, work, family, whatever it is, that you would know the peace of God in a stressful world. God bless you. Have a great week.